0: Welcome to the Creative Condition Podcast, the show where I, Ben Talon, illustrator and writer, explore human creativity and invite people from the creative industry and far beyond to share their story of creativity, both the nature and the nurture, the chaos and the calm. Creativity is a fundamental pillar of human happiness, a vital ingredient in the solutions to all of our problems, but so often misunderstood. Little by little, I'm building an archive of valuable stories, experiences, and tips to help you maximize yours. The show is supported by founding sponsor and B Corp, Illustration X. Take a look at their stunning range of illustrators and animators now at illustrationx.com. If you like the music for the show, it's by Dirty Freud, who you can listen to on Spotify and all good music streaming services.
1: Just, I think as an artist, as a kid, I owe a lot to getting out of my environment, you know what I mean, Um, because D.C. when I grew up was really rough. A lot of people don't know that. They know CNN, they know all this stuff, but it had the highest murder rate in America when I was a kid and all this stuff. So we had to be very precautious how we lived and things like this. So when I'm in places like New Mexico, where you're worried about bears getting in your trash or scorpions in your shoes, I'm cool with that, you know what I mean? And it just freed up my mind to think about
0: art more. Today, I'm joined by Chris Pyra. Chris is a Washington DC based artist. He's perhaps best known for his mural work, his fashion collaborations with big brands. But we're going to go deeper than that. We're going to talk about what it means to live your life as an artist, to see the world in colors and layers. We're going to get into his childhood travel to Roswell, New Mexico, Los Angeles, and then on to Miami and New York fantastic collaborations. We're gonna hear his creative story, his thoughts on creativity. We're gonna talk about Kanye West and Tyler the Creator and why they inspire him in their polymathic tendencies. We're gonna get into every aspect of Chris's creativity. It's a striking conversation, touching and moving at times and a great example of what it means to be proud of where you're from and wanna change it for the better. Hello and welcome to the show. How are you doing, guys? My name is Ben Talon. I'm your host. This is the Creative Condition Podcast. I hope you're feeling well. I hope your world is spinning smoothly. Big conversation coming up today. Chris Pyra. I was first made aware of Chris's work, strangely enough, and probably not surprising for anyone who's listened to the show for a while or read my books, through wrestling. <laughs> When is it not the case? Um, Chris created a t-shirt for one of the superstars in AEW. It's the, one of the federations out there that's not the WWE. And um, his iconic design looked absolutely fantastic. And it was then approached by the people who represent Chris They become aware of the podcast and through the idea of a conversation my way. And let me say, I was very quick to bite and say yes to this one. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Chris is a very much the artist in terms of he lives absolutely as an artist. He keeps his ear to the ground, he listens to those instincts, he follows his creative urges and he's, I think it's safe to say, something of a polymath. You know, I guess there's echoes there of what I do myself in the spinning of all these plates with the podcast and the books and the zines and the illustration projects and the live art and, you know, I think we share the same love of being an artist and exciting ourselves with what's possible and who we might work with and doing what. Um it's not the right way, it's not the only you know it's not the only way, there's no right or wrong way. It's only what's right for a person and that's what we're gonna talk about today. Thank you for the recent listens. The listenership has been good. A few new reviews. Big thank you to anybody who's taken the time to do that. Please do if you get a chance. I'm really just trying to get under and behind this podcast and really push it this year because it's it's a big one. The book's coming out in March, March 28th, Creative Condition. It's a beast, 400 pages, deep dive into what it is to be creative about embracing and understanding it. You might have listened to the the two-part tips episode on episodes 208 and 210 recently. Lots of good feedback on those, so thank you very much. But that should give you a sense of the skeleton of this book and the angle I'm going for in exploring not professional careers in art. That was much more to do with champagne and wax crayons, my first book, but more about just human creativity, about our psychology, about our tendencies, the traps, uh, the boosters, the aspects of creativity and what that episode of the podcast was, a list of 30 components of creativity, by no means the only ones. I don't think there's any limit on what creativity can be comprised of, but these were the 30 that I pulled from the book that were key aspects that I have explored that I think will enable anyone to improve or at least maintain their optimal state of creativity. So go back and listen to those, but it should give you a taste of what's coming with this book. I'm very excited. There's going to be a launch event coming up. I'll keep you posted on that. Kickstarter backers. Thank you. Once again, you do get regular updates. I'm about due to get one out there to you all, but it's coming along. All right. We're in the last proof read, which is taking just a shade longer. Uh, than I first thought so it might tip us into the first week of March when you get your copy rather than the back end of February but I remain optimistic that the original date is doable but we'll just see because it all depends on the printers and uh, all these other variables Um, so enough about the book like I said the tips episode is out there now do go back and listen if you didn't and sandwiched nicely in between it is the absolutely inspiring Sarah Boris. Hope you enjoyed that one. And if you haven't listened to it, please do go on that. Get on that. It's one for our times. A lot of great activism work from Sarah. Um, so, big thank you to the founding sponsor of the show, as ever, Illustration X. They've been there now since the advent of this show back in 2016. Off the back of that book, Champagne and Wax Crayons. Um... They're awesome. They represent over 200 global artists, illustrators, muralists, uh, animators, you name it. Go and check out their global range of portfolios now, illustrationx.com. You can also hit them up on social. I don't have a lot else to say. It's been a hectic time. It's been a busy start to January and I'm still just a little bit behind on everything with the book and the podcast. So I'm kind of scrambling, but I did manage to sandwich this hugely inspiring conversation with Chris Pirate in there so I hope you guys are going to enjoy this one he's a really inspiring character with an amazing story coming out of Washington DC Um, I love these ones when I get to chat to somebody from a totally different culture it's a big part of the reason why I do this so I hope to bring you a few more of those big guests coming up soon Uh, like I say leave us a little review please and a rating and a subscription would be the, the Holy Trio there Triumvirate if you could Thank you so much guys. Gonna be announcing launch events for the book soon and there's lots of new episodes to come. So here we go. Without further ado, chatting on a Thursday night with Chris Pirate. Enjoy.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um when I was always an artistic kid, right? That was kinda of like the first thing I was ever told that I was. Was hmm. an artist. I was about four years old. I remember my cousin was five. And um, my big cousin I looked up to him. He 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 would draw, you know what I mean. So I was like, yo, like that makes sense. Let me do that, you know what I mean. So I just copied off of him and um, challenged him. Really, I wouldn't say copy, right? But um, challenged him, competed with him, right? <laughs> who, who could draw what? Yeah, man. He was five, so I was four, and um, you know the 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 art starts hitting the refrigerator doors. Your mom starts putting them up and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, my family just recognized early that I was an artist. So I was told that since I was about probably about four or five years old, mm-hmm. um, my mom was a school teacher, so she would bring home like Xerox boxes of paper and for me to draw. And I would just pull it out like a like an assembly line of it. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't rip it apart. I would just draw. Yeah. Keep move to the next draw move to the next and i always drew with a uh, ink pen i didn't draw with pencil um so my mom and my sister they used to get frustrated with me they're like i i would put the first line down and throw it away and get that that's why it was good that they were all the papers were like stuck together right because i would just keep going so they were like always wonder like and ask me like why do you throw so much stuff away you didn't even start this one i'm like it's already messed up you know what I mean, and um, I think now as, as an adult, I realize that came from drawing with ink pen, is that if once you get to the wrong mark, it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I never I started off with pen. I didn't learn how to draw a pencil until I got to art school. Um, so yeah, I used to, I used to like I used to play video games. I was inspired by that stuff. Um, my cousin always fed me comic books and music. So I, I owe my cousin a lot for for a lot of the influences, but um I was big on a lot of Japanese stuff early because he was he was ordering that stuff. Japanese video games we had to have a special chip on your PlayStation to play them. Like um so now I was connoisseur of a lot of like I guess niche things. You know what I mean? As a mm-hmm. as a super like young kid, and um you don't know that at the time. You know what I mean? You just you just learning and just taking in what's around you, but. But um yeah, you know, like I was just always an artist. I was that's the first nickname I guess you could say I had was that oh, you know, Chris is an artist. You know what I mean? Um mm-hmm. I grew up and I, I traveled a little bit. I I'm from DC, right? But I, I traveled to New Mexico. Um we stayed in New Mexico for a little while. Um so I started seeing different things that kinda widened my scope to realize like every you know, New Mexico is completely different from Washington, DC, right? You know what I mean? Um, in every single way. You know what I mean? Um, but but more of the artist visually is different. It's deserts, you see mountains all around you nonstop. You can't go anywhere without seeing a backdrop. is not like that. It's open air, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um the conversations you must have had with with people must have been completely different too, and that kind of frames of reference
1: yeah yeah i mean it was about about, i remember one of the things i remember from new mexico that was just like a shocker was like my grandmother because we we stayed with my grandmother when i when i was out there on my on my father's side so we, we were out there my my grandmother would say or her friends in albuquerque i was in roswell which is where the alien that's where they make all the alien shows about i happen to be there right um but I remember her friend in Albuquerque would tell us, like, make sure you you close the trash cans or something, like, because bears, you know what I mean? Um, they had these things on the trash cans. can. Where, as a kid, I couldn't really open it. I wasn't strong enough. They had, like, these contraptions that weigh the, the, uh, the lid of the trash can down so a bear can't open it,
0: mm. right?
1: So I remember stuff like that. Like, I never saw a bear, but you don't have to. That's... I never have to think about that in D.C. So it's like something like that. It's just like starts to frame your world a little different. Like, whoa. When when I go, when I'm home in D.C., I can just take the trash out. When I'm here, I got to consider bear trap mechanisms. Am I even strong enough to open this lid? You know what I mean? And it's just yeah shows, shows you how different things are. I think as an artist, those are the things I remember. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Do you know what you, yeah, you, God, you, you, you reminding me now. So th- my granddad, he's not with us anymore, but he, he fought in the second world war and he was, he was stationed in North Africa and Italy. And I always remember, and this, your bear story just conjured this memory. I remember he would always say when I was putting my shoes on, he would always get me to tip the shoe upside down because he had to, he had to do that with his boots for scorpions when he was in the desert. Again, frame of reference just completely blew my mind as a kid, you know. And it's like I was never going to see a scorpion in Yorkshire in England, but yeah, yeah, you know, it, it changes That's, the way you look at the world, doesn't it?
1: Crazy. That's that was a, another thing. You just jogged the memory. That was a thing in New Mexico. You're tipping your shoe over for scorpions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. It's just you know I come from the city, bro. You know what I mean? I'm from a city, so I, I was, but I was still impressionable. This is like. 11, 12, maybe. You know what I mean? Um, And I moved back to D.C. Of course, I always end up moving back to D.C. Right? Um, But, yeah. And then in high school, for a while, unfortunately, because I'm an artist, I'm I'm naturally rebellious, I guess. So, I had to leave the private school I was at. Right? Um, And um, as part of the experience, I was... I chose, I chose right, the route of going to live with my dad's side of the family instead of uh, dealing with the circumstances of that, and um, I was in California, Los Angeles, right? So um, again, completely different from where I'm from, you know what I mean? Um, the other side of the country, style, everything different, culture different, everything was different. Um, and and yeah, so so, and I eventually I came back to D.C. But that was just a period of time of, like, kind of like exile, man. I had to leave D.C., right? So I went to to stay with my dad. And it changed my life again, you know what I mean, Um, in a good way. Just I think as an artist, as a kid, I owe a lot to getting out of my environment. You know what I mean? Um, Because D- D.C. when I grew up was really rough. A lot of people don't know that. They know CNN. They know all this stuff. But it had the highest murder rate in America when I was a kid and all this stuff. So... We had to be very precautious how we lived and things like this. So when I'm in places like New Mexico, where you're worried about bears getting in your trash or scorpions in your shoes, I'm cool with that. You know what I mean? And it just freed up my mind to think about art more rather than neighborhood stuff and mm-hmm. and 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 big city drama. And you know what I mean? You gotta you gotta keep your head on a swivel and it's especially when in that time. You know what I mean? DC was like I guess how people like look at it like in New York, you know? Um mm-hmm. a lot going on. Um a lot mm-hmm. happening. You had to keep your head on your swivel So I was always an artist, but I didn't always have the benefit of uh focusing on, you know?
0: Yeah. Do you know you it's um this is a big thing for me. I'm I'm a real big advocate of changing education to include kids who had whether it's a tough start or whether they are artistically minded, because I don't know what it's like in the States, but in the UK, it's such an archaic education system in the sense that if you're different and you've got a creative mind and you're not particularly, you know, if you don't have a great memory and you're not good at academic education, you can leave feeling really stupid and yet you can be really intelligent in so many other ways, but I feel like education really drops the ball for people like what you just described when you've got that rebellious energy and you've got that spark, you need a different kind of education. So that could be dance. It could be drama. It could be art, but it needs to be something other than sitting in a classroom and copying down information.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and it's crazy because I was actually at a private school. Um, thanks to my family, we couldn't afford it, but, um, through my family, my cousin was a big basketball player at the school. That's a big thing in the States, you know, um, when you you do athletics, you, scholarships and things like that, right? So my family had an in with this school in diff, in a lot of different ways. So a lot of us went there, you know, at different points of our our life. But most of us couldn't stay there, you know what I mean? Because eventually, you can't afford it. Um, me, I just I never fit in because um I'm going back home to a rough neighborhood. Some of these kids are, you know, this is DC. So some of these kids, the the school is on right on the edge of DC in a place called Oxon Hill which is a, a neighborhood and technically it's in Maryland, where it's right on the edge, right? So, so this school, a lot of politicians or like celebrity kids went there. I wouldn't say politicians, more celebrity. You had boxers kids, athletes kids going there. And um, for that, I just didn't fit in. I had to go home and we had to live, you know, in, in a bad neighborhood and this and that. So I wasn't rebellious in in a crazy way. It was just like you said. It was just, first I didn't fit in. You know what I mean? Um, I was well-known because of who my family was. My cousin's the biggest athlete at the school. You know what I mean? Eventually go into the NBA. Oh, at this school, Kevin Durant went there. uh, Michael Beasley, a lot of NBA players. I I grew up with, like, these guys, right? Um, But, yeah, I just, I had to go home to rough environments, man. So school became my escape. You know what I mean. So I'm not at school, trying to have fun, or trying to just lo- loosen up, trying to sleep because at home I don't get that much rest. I don't get that much, you know. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's like that here in the states too. You know what I mean. Um, and and I'm actually a part of an initiative with uh, Mark Echo of Complex Fame um, to to work on the, the DC school system. I, I not, they use my art to uh, to try to reshape. DC public school system and um yeah I ended up coming back going to public school and it was you know much kind of the same but at least those problems I had that those were normal you know what I mean
0: I interviewed two guys for a show recently there's a project here in the UK called bike storms and it was started by a guy called mac ferrari and he wanted to start this project because he'd been caught up in gang violence and, and he lost a lot of friends to murder. And he wanted to make sure that the next generation of young people didn't go down that same path. And his thing was the bike. So he used to ride motorbikes on a dirt track and he saw these kids who would hang out with the bike track on their push bikes. And his thing was, if he could harness that energy and bring that community together, then he could start something beautiful that would give just some place to belong and purpose for the kids. And. It's it just it blew up and there's about three thousand kids now ride right across London and it's got you know the police come out with the kids and they they make sure it's all done safely but it's just such a great release of energy. I took my two three year old I took my three year old twins down there recently just because I wanted them to just to feel that energy.
1: Yeah, sick,
0: sick. But, But Mac did this documentary film where he took eight kids to the very top of Scotland. And most of these kids, it was the first time they'd ever left their estate in London. And, you know, we're talking 16, 17 year old guys. And, you know, some of them were crying because they just, they'd seen this, they'd been and they'd seen something that was completely different, completely new. And his whole reason for doing this was to take, to let them go back to their estate and spread the word of what they'd seen and what was out there. And it sounds to me like your travel experiences does that, you know, ticks that same box for you. It shows you something different. It gives you new frames of reference. And, shows you a different way i guess to the to the, the dark stuff that you just, just you know talked about
1: yeah yeah you know and i, I like when when i end up coming back home everybody would call me oh you're different you dress different you know what i mean They used to call me cali i wore a lot of skate brands and stuff like that when i came back um and and serve brands and what i what i realized eventually is like i didn't grow up like a lot of i'm not I don't i didn't grow up like a lot i didn't grow up ending up like a lot of guys from where I'm from right um and what I realized as i got you know as i do more work in the community now and I, I you know i see people you know what i mean um who who were who were who i was you know what i mean um when I was their age and 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 it's, and and i see the the look in the eyes i see the where they're at you know i see uh is you know, a very uh mental place right we think a lot right we're we're very in our head we don't not a very vocal city it's political you know what i mean it's a very political city right so you know people think before they talk and things like this so me growing up in those neighborhoods i can tell you know the look on somebody's face when they're seeing me paint a basketball court you know what i mean um in the neighborhood and you know i look like i'm from dc like they're like yo how i can tell they're just like yo like how this guy, you know, do? how's he able to do this? Well, a lot of these people, you know, are just concerned with the day-to-day survival. You know what I mean? Um, and so so what I realized is that, you know, I'm no different. I just got to see things early. You know what I mean? I got to see a lot early. You know what I mean? Because um, I still relate. You know what I mean? Like a thousand percent. But it's just one thing I knew is that when I, every time i came back home i knew that that wasn't everything you know what i mean and i think that was big you know what i mean just knowing like yo like if i don't like something here i don't have to deal with it this other places that exist yeah you may not have all the conveniences of a big city when you go to a place like new mexico but i may not have what i'm trying to leave behind you know what i mean and um so so as i got older i just always wanted to travel i wanted to see more see more and as an artist, I think that's super important. You know what I mean? Because you're as an artist, you're shaped by what you've seen and what you've experienced. You know, you almost like it's like learning your ABCs. You know, um, you those those are the letters you're taught. Whatever you whatever you were if you were only taught up to letter D, then you can only spell words within you know those first four or five letters. You know what I mean? So. You got to see things to be able to expand your vocabulary, you know, as an artist. And you got to experience things. And I just had an appetite for that. Just, just that little, those little conversations, like you said, like, oh, you're like a scorpion. You got to tip your shoes over every time. When you have to accept that reality and you have to learn to do it every day, it does something to you. It's like, yo, you know what I mean? Like, yo, like you don't even have to see the rest of New Mexico. You don't even have to see a scorpion. You don't have to ever see a scorpion for that to shape your your vision of this place now you're now I'm imagining you know when you pick up the shoe as a visual person, you imagine yeah a scorpion coming out, whether it comes out or not, you know what I mean, so if yeah. your mind starts to picture something, it probably never would have had to picture you know,
0: and that's imagination, isn't it? once you've begun to plant the seeds with your early years of artistic expression, then all that other stuff is fertilizer for for that imagination. And it's that's a beautiful thing. That's what I love about childhood. You know, it's I. I was a big pro wrestling fan. Still am. I still you're still completely hooked to like WWE and all that. And I, I've done yeah, a lot yeah. of I've done a lot of art projects for WWE. And um, but as a kid, oh, wow, just those little sets of like the Undertaker when you just see the casket and you know that's all I needed. And then the rest of the day when I've got those action figures, my my mind is just exploding. And I just adore that's that good. about childhood. And I think that I think it's really sad that this society. Has a way of coaching that out of the adults. I wish we could. I wish we could harness that more. I think that's what's beautiful about what you and I do. Is that it's kind of our bread and butter to maintain that playfulness.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that's cool, man. Um, my same cousin that uh that influenced me into getting into a lot of things. That I was influenced by. He ended up getting into wrestling, like yeah. um, somewhat professionally. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, um, some of the guys I met through him end up there like on AEW now. I had designed shirts for um for this guy, Prince Nana. Um uh-huh. he's on AEW now. I had designed one of his shirts like way back like through my cousin, you know? He got into it heavy. So yeah, you're right, man. And um it's those things, right? Those things that like everybody knows wrestling's fake. But you yeah. accepted it and it didn't matter. And I think that's a uh a unique aspect, right? in society that allows you to be okay with being, imagining something or, you know what I mean? Suspending belief, right? Um, But it is rare in, in, in culture and pop culture, right? That there are things that allow that childlike imagination. I don't even know if Im- imagination is childlike. I think that's just what we, we, we know it to be childlike because you're not allowed to have it beyond a child. You know what I mean? I think imagination is probably just, imagination you know we call it childlike because that's our only reference that's uh, a, when it's that's
0: big. a really good point yeah and yeah you're right it's in it's completely innate it's a part of the human condition
1: imagine people who invent stuff and things like this like you have to have an imagination you know like yeah. i think uh imagination is underrated in society for sure
0: but so at what point did you kind of you said you did it from an early age i'm assuming that your art was very much encouraged and supported in the family environment
1: yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was. Um, we didn't have a lot, bro. You know what I mean. So we had paper, we had a pen, and if that if that's something that this kid enjoys, you know what I mean. Like that's something that they could feed. You know what I mean. And I think too that being being that we didn't have a lot, I could make anything on the paper. You know what I mean. Um, you know, I I I didn't think about it back then. You know what I mean. But now looking back on it. Probably come because of lack of resources too. Something, something about the paper and pen and pencil. You can make anything you want. You know what I mean? Um, if, I used to d- draw theme parks, apartment complexes. I used to redesign yeah. complexes to be because I lived in them. You know what I mean? I would like yeah. to be what I would want them to be. I would draw my own theme parks and all types of stuff, man. Just stuff that you wouldn't imagine that a kid would draw, like a very schematic layouts of parks and neighborhoods and of course I drew the other stuff too, you know what I mean? Um but these are the things that I, I guess because I couldn't change it, you know what I mean? I would just imagine it and just, just do it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. The vision. You're creating the vision of something better, I guess. Yeah. So did you did you kind of when did you become aware of like art school? Did you what were the first steps into into you know starting to do this stuff with any idea that it might be a professional option?
1: So when I got kicked out of that private school, right, um, when I moved to California, that was the first time I had a proper layout of what college and career looks like or, or or just to think about it is when, when I got to California. That side of my family, my dad's family really like, they were like, as soon as I got there, they're like, oh, you should just stay here because you got in here within the window of time that if you start school now, you'll get in state tuition and I had never even thought about college. So I'm like, what? I don't know what they're talking about. But I'm like, yo, it sounds good. You know what I mean? Sounds like sounds like it's right. You know what I mean? I didn't I'm I'm a kid, bro. I'm a I'm a young teenager at the time. You know what I mean? Um I don't have any control over anything. So it's like, All right, you know, I didn't have I if you ask me while I was still in D C like what I would do in the next four years or, or if I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't even know. I would probably hadn't ever thought about it. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get through every school year and not fail and not get kicked out. Right. Um, so, so the fact that they told me that, that, like they were, I just, that was shocking that, okay. But something felt right about it. Like, okay, this sounds responsible, right? Like we're thinking about the future. Right. So, 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 um, I made a promise with them is that I wanted to move home to kind of, to be honest, to take care of my mom. Right. Um, want to move home. And this is, this is about a year and a half, two years in. And, and I had an agreement where if I go back, I can't live in my neighborhood. I need to go to college and live on campus. Cause in their mind, they're like, yo, there's nothing wrong with you. You're a perfectly fine kid. Like, when I got out there, I just did what I was told, you know, water the grass, right, stuff like that. Um, that's it, you know. Um, so they were just shocked that, yo, how this guy get kicked out of school? What, you know, what I mean, what's going on? So they're like, it must be something else outside of him. So they're like, yo, you can't live in your neighborhood. Like I probably had a year left, so they're like, or a year and a half left, and they're like, um, you gotta go, you gotta go to college, and you gotta live on campus if you move back. So all right, I go back home, but I'm a man of my word, So I'm just like, I don't know what I would go to school for, you know? So the time's ticking and I'm just like, I'll go to art. I'll go to school for art because I know I can do that. Like I wasn't going for a career. I was going to make, make good on a promise, you know what I mean? And so I had never really thought about art as a career, you know? Cause to me, growing up, when you taught that early that you're an artist, there's no dollar amount attached to it. There's no career attached to it. So you, I looked at it more as just a type of person. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. Just an artist is a certain type of person. So I didn't, and I think a lot of people, at least here in the States, man, um, a lot of people get hung up on that term artist as some type of qualification. You know what I mean? And I think, I think they're looking at it wrong. I think like artist is just a type of person. Most likely if you, if you, if you want to be an artist, you are probably already are. You know what I mean? Um, like if you have that interest, then you're you're naturally an artist, you know. Um an artist is just a creative person, you know? Um, and so I didn't see it as a career in that sense until I got to art school, you know? And then I started like realizing like, oh shit, I can like I can do something with this, you know what I mean? Like, like I'm around other artists. Um, people some people are kind of shocked at my work you know some people that i'm like i'm in a place where i can look up to artists you know what i mean for the first time like i'm around all artists you know we critiquing work and i'm just like wow you know what i mean um and so so i started to unlock probably like a lot of the potential i had you know like i was always the artist you know what i mean yeah so you know
0: how how did it feel to be surrounded by other people doing that because for me it felt like pure magic like walking into art school yeah. after school it's to this day it rem- i think it remains as good as any pose i've ever had
1: yeah yeah honestly um some of the some of my best friends i'll know for the rest of my life um I, almost almost all of them man and even there are people from my neighborhood and from my surrounding area that happened to go to the same art school that we we would have never been friends we we We, some of us crossed paths, some of us didn't, some of us, you know, like I said, where I'm from in DC is a, it's a, it's a pretty rough area. So these people, you're not trying to make a bunch of friends out of strangers. Right. So some of the people like, I don't even realize I met them in art school because they're from where I'm from. So we, we go back to like, Oh, we're both from Southeast or whatever. I'm like, Oh shit. I met him in art school though. You know what I mean? Like, um, which is is crazy because all, now I think about it even my neighborhood bonds are really from art school you know what I mean which was not in my neighborhood at all it was in, it was actually technically in virginia mm-hmm. um so so yeah almost all my friends and if and if not they were hanging with me at my school they were able to experience it you know what I mean um if there were people that that were from you know before I brought them around and um it was amazing bro like it was just, you know, it taught me collaboration. It taught me, you know what I mean? Um, When you're around a bunch of artists, how can you not come up with ideas? How can you not talk about what you want to do and all these things? You know what I mean? We're going to start this brand. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're skating. We're, we're doing all <laughs> these things. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, we have, we have resources. You have the print shops. You have the, I forget what they call it uh, in, in the school, but there's like a, a whole place you can rent cameras, rig cameras, all these things, you know what I mean? And and we can really create, just create, you know what I mean? And it was just like, you take kids from the hood in D.C., we're all it's a very talented place, you know what I mean? Um, If you look in the NBA and the NFL, the DMV area in general, especially, if you include D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, the amount of talent, the amount of even pop culture, a lot of people just don't don't know, but you have Dave Chappelle. Some of the pinnacles of their industries are from are from DC or or or, or the surrounding area. A lot of comedy, a lot of athletes, a lot of actors, a lot of musicians, and um, it's just not for for whatever reason we don't all just flat like flag it, you know what I mean, or claim it like New York does. Um, but if you really look at who's from the area, it, it paints a picture. Of, like, yo, like, it was a rough area, but so much talent. And either people... I watched Kevin Durant, you know, go from dude who got a scholarship, who had no business going to the school, to MVP in the NBA. You know what I mean? And um, I, I know why. I saw it. You know what I mean? I saw how his family pushed him. You know what I mean? I, I watched it. And so this is this is just... It, the area is just full of it, man. So so imagine now art school. I'm around these people. I even had Kevin Durant around. He would play basketball by the school. So It was a myth. Do you really know him? You don't know him? I was like, ask him. <laughs> 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 so so uh, it was a whole thing, you know. But it was just like, I don't know, man. The area is full of creativity. It really is. It's full of people who dream big. It's full of aspirations, you know what I mean? And people who really get to them. It's just not known for it because politics outshines it, right? You know what yeah. I mean? But um CNN outshines it. And I think not enough of us wear a badge of honor. You know what I mean? Um, but I almost wish people would claim it more because if you look at it, like like I said, the Dave Chappelles, Kevin Durant, so many people, Taraji Henson, so many so many people hire a lot of musicians, ridiculously amount of uh singers, R and B especially, um You got, you know, from the surrounding areas that were influenced by D.C., you got Pharrell Williams, right? You know what I mean? Um, Missy Elliott, Timberland. To Kanye West has said multiple times his dad lived in D.C. So he said D.C. has taught him how to dress. You know what I mean? That's where he got his style from when he was spending the summers. So so these areas, bro, this school specifically, our Institute of Washington, there's so many people I meet now that are doing big things in D.C., running radio, the main radio station host or this and that. And then they're like, did you go to our, our institute? I'm like, yeah. They're like, fuck, that makes so much sense. They're like, "Yo, I, I'm surprised I didn't know you, but that makes sense. And it's like, you know, it's so many of us that were just inner city kids that I guess it's probably like a renaissance era of of, of kids who grew up in that time, had to pick a a, a college, right, um... In, in America black people didn't go to college for a while you know what i mean it was it's it's kind of in in my generation and right before it where it started so we were the generation who was it was it was starting to be a common thought so a lot of us you know happened to pick that art, art and that was the only art school where inner city kids could afford and so we all end up in this place man and and like i said i i meet people now to this day from that school and so the environment was in, was just great,
0: bro. Great. And- there's, um, there's a, you know, I think you hit upon something really important. You know, you you said about uh, even the rough areas, and I think that I, I refer to it as dirty energy. I think that if you can harness that, whether it, I don't know what it is, but the, the, the motivations for misbehavior are really powerful. If you can just, okay. if you can just shift them, you know what I mean. It's like I, I, I when I look at my kids, I tr- on my good days when I'm not too tired. I try to look at it and think, okay, let's get rid of the word naughty and let's replace it with a motivating factor that becomes a brief for me as a parent. So if, okay, so my kid's not being naughty, he's he's being frustrated. How do I resolve that frustration? He's, he's telling me something. He's giving me a brief as a parent. And I think it's the same with adults and young young adults. If somebody's getting into crime or if somebody's, whatever the thing is that they're doing that's considered bad, if you can teach, if you can give that person a skill set and teach them how to self express and teach them to see their world a little different, that kind of energy is rocket fuel. Do you know what I mean? And uh, somebody I said agree. to me, I've, I've got friends who are youth workers and they say, look, those kids who are dealing, they're entrepreneurs. It's just that in this society, that's bad. Wow. But if you can shift that skill set and that mind to something like art, whatever the thing is, science, it doesn't matter. If you can just show them a different way, then they're going to be tal- mad talented people wow
1: yeah no no i agree with that 100% bro I'm, i mean i ain't like when you make me think about it i never thought about that to commit crime or or do wrong you have to be kind of brave yeah. you know what i mean like like and you got to be okay with the consequences right so that means you're a risk taker you know what i mean um and 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 is it that same risk taking is common in artists you know what i mean um you got to be brave to 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 try to go out here and create a career for yourself or even you know even just as small as putting your art out there for people yeah. to judge and critique you know what yeah. i mean so no i agree that 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 was a good a good quote i like that
0: yeah and the and the, just the stories you get you can tell you know the the people you've seen and the 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 kind of adversity that you've had to overcome that gives you strength in your life you know there's that whole thing about you know a lot of people who are really successful in business, there's a high percentage of dyslexia or neurodiversity because that means they've had to work that little bit harder in their early lives than other people have, who've maybe had privilege or comfort. And again, you put that in the right environment and you got work ethic, you got drive, you got passion. So I I think you have to, you know, I, I just really wish we could look at things in a different way because in, in both our countries, you know, I think a lot more money is put into like prisons and punishment than it is education and i think it's kind of tragic really you know
1: yeah yeah I, you know, and i agree a hundred percent man yeah. and, and where i'm from man that's a commonality you know what i mean to, to end up there so nah you're a thousand percent right and that's what i say like you know i could have been any one of these people man you know what i mean but mm-hmm. i uh i saw more early on and it wasn't i wasn't moving around for good reasons you know we were moving around you know, out of need, you know what I mean? We were moving around, like, I was kicked out of school, you know what I mean? Like, um, things like these reasons, but I never saw them as negative because I'm just, I'm in a new environment, you know what I mean? Like, like who cares what got me here? I'm here now, you know what I mean? And and, yeah. and now I'm experiencing so much. I'm just, t- I still remember vividly so many, like like, vivid visual memories of when I was in these places, you know what I mean? Like New Mexico, California, and I, it'll probably never leave me because these were first impressions of places that shocked me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you're from a city, everything you need is in the city. Furthest we go is to the outskirts. Like, you know, I lived. On, I, I'm from an area called Southern Avenue. It's a street, and um, that I I was literally born on the hospital in in the hospital on Southern Avenue, and I I, I never really. For a substantial amount of time, I never lived anywhere five minutes from that, further than five minutes from that street. You know what I mean? Um, And on one side of it, you have Southeast DC. On the other side, you have a place called Oxon Hill, Maryland. And so, but these are literally the street. It's on one side of the street; the other side of the street is a different place. But it's not. You know what I mean? It's you know, and it's just like a little ecosystem of like. I don't know a lot of poverty, a lot of roughness, right? But we don't all know it. You know what I mean? Um there's still a sense of pride around there, you know what I mean? People people dress dress, they express themselves through how they dress. It's a very outwardly creative place, you know? Um but when when I'm growing up, I only go on this side or this side. You know what I mean? I don't even go downtown DC a lot. You know what I mean? I, don't, I didn't even I learned a lot of a lot of places in DC when I got a car, you know, and DC's only a ten ten by ten mile city, mm. so to to only be in a certain section for a while, it shows you how small your world can be, you know. But every, but it's a city, so you don't have to go anywhere. You everything you need is there, so you know it paints a vision of your the whole world for you. You know what I mean? Um, unfairly. Even when you see stuff on TV, I didn't consider it that was actually real. I didn't consider, yeah. like, oh, I can go to the desert. You know, I don't think about that. You know what I mean? But when you actually live in the desert and every day, get in the car, you drive. Because you have to. Mm-hmm. In, in, in Roswell, you can't get everything. You have to go to Albuquerque. So it was like, yo, you get in a car and you driving. And, like, it's those long roads you see on those TV shows or movies in the desert. Long road where it looks... Uh, hazy right there's like a mirage at the end of it right yeah. i saw that in real life buffaloes on the side of the street you know like yeah. i'll never forget these things at, at, because it was a first impression of like yo i'm really here and i'm really far away from where i'm from <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah i yeah. can't just cut the tv off <laughs> and yeah, go back and the,
0: to reality. yeah and the senses are so much richer when it's the first time and you're young and you're learning the world that's amazing yeah did you say you know you do a lot of murals, which are incredible by the way. I love them. Thanks. Um do you, does that kind of public front facing artwork does that enable you to kind of connect with people, with local people, with people in the area? Is that a good is it a so, is there a good social aspect to it?
1: Yeah, man. Yeah. Actually I've met I've met some people I, I like I know still know to this day, just from doing murals on, on, in in certain neighborhoods in like New York City, stuff like that. Um, I try to nowadays I don't get to meet as many people because it's more of a like a spectator thing, but more so when I was like super unknown, you know what I mean? Like, people were just like you know, coming up, like, oh, what is this? Like, and like, who are you? And like, what is this about to be? And then they see you every day, and then every day it comes further along, so you have a conversation piece for everybody who walks past you. And in a city like New York, I did one by uh, a train station in Brooklyn. So every day I'm seeing at this time, these people go to work on the train. At this time, they come back home. Right. So there were people like who who come smoke a joint with me when they get off work. Right. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like it was like a ritual. You know what I mean? Um, I I remember I was painting on this cafe shot. Right. It was on the gate when they closed it. So I had to paint at a certain time. It was a girl who always come by and we would hit a joint and then she would, she would mention like it was a dude who works in a cafe who she had a crush on. Right? Check this out. No joke. That's who would smoke me up in the morning. The guy. So I was like, yo. I was like, are you serious? So I was like, yo, I know this guy. Like, Every morning he smokes me up. I was like, Yo, you guys both enjoy that. So you guys should connect. So I introduced him, you know what I mean? <laughs> like eventually. But um so i yeah, as I'm as I'm opening with him, I'm like, Yo, bro, this is girl. <laughs> you know, she comes around like eleven o'clock. I think she's talking about you. I smoke with her too. Like you guys should meet. You know what I mean? Like like so stuff like that, you know? Um, I've met a lot of people, bro. Like i I, I learned early on to like Make make a mural take at least a week, right? Because you get to actually meet people. And then people get to actually live with the work. Mm. People 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 also kind of take pride in it when they got to see it happen. And, and you leave and it's in their neighborhood, you know what I mean? So they're like, yo, I saw that. That's my mural, you know what I mean? Like, that's my yeah. thing, you know what I mean? Like I know the guy who did it. I got to see it happen. And there's a sense of pride, you know what I mean, in the community. When, when that happens. so so I learned take a long time you know what I mean try to try to take because I'm the type of person i'm I'm like a phantom I'll I'll just do it at night and i I like to shock people and it'll just be a new mural the next morning you know yeah, yeah. that's that's what I prefer but i I learned nah man that's that's take some of the joy out of it you know
0: yeah yeah there's one that there, there's one you did that was really i found really powerful and it was the stand with junior mural um, oh yeah, yeah, and and you know, I I'm a big. When I was in when I was studying illustration, I I hadn't arrived at a point where, it had connected with the things in in my life so much. You know, I I knew I could be good at this. I I was developing, but I hadn't found my passion just yet. And the thing that activated my passion was graphic activism. Because suddenly Mm. I found all these people, it started with Banksy and then I found all these other people who were saying something with their work, who were expressing something personal. They were fighting for a cause. And that to me was just incredibly powerful. And that, that gave me some direction because I wanted to do something that made a difference somewhere. So pieces Mm. like that, so pieces like that always speak to my heart. So if you, if you could tell us about that, that piece of work and, and, and just some thoughts on the kind of, you know, the power of art. In social situations like that,
1: yeah, I mean that that piece piece was a unique because it wasn't planned, of course, right? Um, the circumstances were were pretty shocking, right? Um, I happened to be in New York finishing another piece. I think I did the Marge Simpson one, um, and a mentor of mine at the time, um, he he says like, "Yo, I have this piece. I, I think." you you should consider doing and like sits me down and he's like you know it's not what you think you know what I mean um this isn't, this isn't about money It's and and I heard about of course I was actually in new york when 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 the kid was you know tragically murdered you know um and I happened to be staying in the area because that's where my mentor was so yeah he 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 when he sat me down he he brought it up. I'm like, "Yo, there's no way I can say no." Like he, I think he, he didn't know how how if I had heard about it, how if I cared about it, you know. And immediately when he brought it up, I'm like, "Bro, are you serious?" Like, I didn't know I could help with something like this. You know what I mean? I had only heard about, you know, what happened to him. So um, so it ended up being a very, very deep experience, man. Um, I got to know all of his friends that he grew up with still know them right um they this is a mural that took me about two weeks right a week and a half two weeks so and while I was there I stayed in the neighborhood like right where he lived in the like blocks away you know um so you know I, I saw I'm got I got to meet his family you know what I mean um and his, his friends actually helped paint the mural I had a thing where all their fingerprints are on the mural as like the candle lights, like they, they did orange fingerprints as the candle lights. and um, no man, it's it's something where like I try to, hopefully, I inspired those dudes. You know they're adults now. You know what I mean. Um, they were they were still kids. They were going through something rough. You know what I mean. Um, mm. but something, it it sucks, right? It was rough, but you they were also too used to it. It also wasn't. They were also still living life because they were used to stuff like that, right? Really, sad. and I grew up, yeah, I grew up in that in that reality too. So I, it it, it kind of like it's rough to see that when you know what I mean um, as an adult because you know I experienced that. I experienced you know um, being accepting of the reality of losing people early on. You know what I mean? Just except almost almost always being ready for it, right? Just so you don't get blindsided because circumstances around where i'm from and also you know situations in my family and like i just had to be used to that and like and ready so when i see that in kids it's it sucks bro because it's like wow you know i know how that feels and it's not right i know as an adult now it's not really good for kids to have to have that reality being so used to people passing away from unfortunate things you know so um so you know some of these guys are musicians you know producers and and you know kept in contact yes that was a very heavy one man like i probably was there i don't know maybe a month in total because uh they also asked me to be a part of like getting news coverage because the case had fallen out of the cycle which is, is crazy to say right there's a cycle news cycle and once you're out you're out so so they wanted me to use the mural and to be an advocate and speak about the mural to kind of prolong the coverage of this so that the case could get more attention. So I bro like I, I had to be really a part of those type of conversations, you know, meetings with the family, with the neighborhood and like they asked me, "Yo, will you be on the news about the mural so we can get more coverage on this, you know, prolong it?" I had to do it. So um um yeah it was it was a it was a rough one bro you know what i mean but but eye opening and an experience i wouldn't i wouldn't trade for anything
0: yeah and and just it, i think the thing is art is healing you know and and it, and it doesn't have to be the sharp end like that it can be it can be different it can be anything I, what i love about specifically emotional creativity so this is something that came on my radar recently is uh, intellectual creativity So that might be a brief for a brand or a client where you're ticking some boxes and it can be really creative, of course, but that's kind of intellectual creativity because you're going through a process, but then there's emotional creativity, which is the stuff that we just want to say about the world or our lives or our experiences. Do you find within your work, do you, do you maintain, do you maintain a lot of space to express yourself purely?
1: Probably not enough, man. Um, The flowers actually come from the first time I ever did that right? That's where the flowers come from. It comes from a painting that had the flowers, the dragon, the red ape, a lot of stuff that repeats in my work. Koi fish. Um, So now you see a lot of that being echoed in a lot of my work. So it's probably been a while since I just, you know, um, did something. I guess that's more abstract, I would say, too, right? Most likely. Most likely it comes out more abstract because it's less deliberate, right? So I'm just, I'm not I'm more of a illustrative, you know, very like descriptive type of person. So so usually, usually I don't express in that way. You know what I mean? Um, but I do, I have found almost like a therapeutic thing when I paint the flowers, right? Because uh, the flowers are never the same. They're never planned out. It's a freestyle. You know, um, a lot of people don't know that it looks the same. It looks like a, it is a pattern, but the pattern changes too. You know, it's just very consistent. So, um, so while I'm painting the flowers specifically, right, it's almost like I tap out. You know what I mean? Um, and some of my, some of my favorite times of kind of letting loose and getting like energy off me is when I'm painting a a mural in a big space. I've been working with uh, Sirius XM Radio for a while and painting um, their, their offices. And I paint them with that when everybody's gone, you know? I'm the only person in there. Security guard comes up every once in a while. Um, Sometimes I put on a game. I put on a boxing fight, you know what I mean? And I just paint in this huge office of this mega, mega corporation, you know what I mean? And I have it all to myself. And there's something about that for me um that is therapy so much so that like, i've i've invested in a warehouse you know what i mean um because I, i'm like yo i think that's where it is for me is painting in a huge empty space with nobody else there i don't know what it is bro but that it really helps me uh not not even creatively probably like emotionally it's kind of like where it's what when i think the most i don't know it's like the flowers are autopilot for me, so I'm just, I'm I'm not thinking about the flowers when I paint the flowers. You know what I mean? I'm thinking about probably like everything else that I that like I've put on the backburn. So yeah, yeah, I think I think that's when when I've done it, but I don't control those situations. You know, like if I get brought in to paint that type of piece. So now I've invested in a warehouse, and I'm gonna be painting. And I think I think I'll be doing I think. Like I said, the the flowers were a breakthrough. Yeah. I was going through an artist block. I was going through a, a a tragic situation. I had lost some people, and that's what just came out. You know what I mean? When I sh- I stopped being deliberate, and I'm just like, yo, I I need to get through this artist block. I just need to so let me just sit down, and that's what came out. So so who knows, man? Maybe 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 you know this this happens again. You know what I mean? Um, and that's all I can do is try to control the environment. You know what I mean? And um, put myself in the right space.
0: Yeah. Do you know, there's, there's, there's two things there that, you, that reminded me. There's a couple of quotes that I made notes. There's things that I heard you say in another interview that I found really powerful. And one of them, let me see, I got it here. So one of them, you said, I don't know what I'm aiming for, but I'm doing it. And I just thought that was poetry. And that's, that speaks to me in that, that because we never know, do we? I mean, okay, we get clients. We kind of, we get a brand. We know how to, to point that forwards to get the next project so we can pay our bills. But really, yeah, yeah. In, but in terms of that life journey and growing as people and creative professionals, it's like, I, I, that's why it, that spoke to me because I'm the same. I didn't plan to write fiction. I didn't plan to do a podcast, but I think that's beautiful. And I know you, you, you referenced Kanye and Tyler, the creator as people who they're just creating a number of spaces. They're just creators. You can say, yeah, the musician, artist, whatever, we can give these labels, but ultimately it goes back to what you said about being a kid. You're just responding to the world around you and, and, and then, you know, regurgitating that in some beautiful way.
1: Exactly, exactly. Like, and, and I'll go back to... I go back to... because, uh, Bro, I love where I'm from, right? I love DC. And I'll go back to what Kanye said about DC, right? Influencing how he dressed and teaching him style, right? He, nobody knows about him being in D.C. besides him. It's not like he was there for a substantial amount of time where people got to know him or anything like that. Those were just that, it's something about that memory he has, right, of that's what triggered style to him, how he, he saw people dress in D.C., which D.C. is a very eclectic style. We have very expressive styles of how we dress. A lot of the culture you see now in, in, in streetwear and stuff is, I promise you, it came from D.C., a lot of it. Like New Balance were a very leisure shoe, you know, dad shoe, and we that was our shoe, like a Air Force One or or like how New York is ever, that was our shoe, you know what I mean? In 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 the in the hood in the street, you know, so so um, so he saw that and that triggered him, you know what I mean? And he brings it up every time, you know what I mean? And only people in DC know what he's talking about, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, everybody else is probably like what, like you know what I mean? DC, that's where you got your style, but But like you said, like that memory he probably had, you know, of that, it's probably something that didn't leave him. And then then when he got around fashion, yeah, he was doing music. When he got around fashion, he started to be able to explore that thought more. You know, like, I guess, you know, like, that's why he always brings it up. It's a a memory that he has that, it's almost like a bookmark. You know what I mean? Your mind puts it there. And then now... Yeah, music got him to a place to where he can be around fashion. But once he got around it, triggered that bookmark. He flipped back to those pages, and he's like, "Yo, let's let's start this." You know what I mean? And um, and I relate to that a lot. I mean, I you know I do fashion now, you know, and um, I, I just relate. Like you said, the talented creators, these 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 multi hyphenates. You know what I mean? Really, they just creative people, bro. Like you can't really. Box a creative in, you know what I mean? Um, somebody might be directing, and by the time they're like 80, 90, too old to direct, you know what I mean? Um, they'll probably be painting, man. They they won't stop creating, you know what I mean? If they're really an artist and a creative, they won't stop. I say, I say that art is the. Uh, this is my best explanation for art, if you don't mind. Art is the art is art is. Whatever medium you choose, right, to explain something that only lives in your head, but you're trying to explain it to someone here in reality, you know what I mean? And you can't show them. It doesn't exist yet, right? Mm -hmm. So if I say, like, your red chair, I might be able to Google a red chair and show you if that's all that was on my mind. But if it was a very specific red chair that looks like a throne and it has spikes on the back and, like... I can't Google that, bro. I have to show you. So if that is through poetry, if that is through music, if that is through paper and pen, if that is through sculpture, whatever means you find to explain what's in your head to someone, you know what I mean? To someone, you know, in this 3D space, right? Like, that is art. You know what I mean? Um, And it's just a translation, you know? And it's just, do you have those thoughts? That are too foreign, too 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 new to to explain with just words. You know what I mean. And sometimes words is, is enough with poetry. You know what I mean. But just too too are they? Do you have these ideas that don't exist yet that you really want other people to understand and see and witness? You know what I mean. And you know that doesn't stop at music. <laughs> it doesn't stop at painting. It doesn't stop at drawings. You know what I mean. It just it, you that's not going to be your only thought. You know what I mean? And it once and once you prove yourself that you can do it, yo, damn, I already got them to see my vision. You know what I mean? Whether good or bad, they may not like your vision. That's not the point. You got them to see it, right? Yeah. You saw people witness your vision, right? Now you want to do it again. Now you want to do it again. Now you want to do it again. You know what I mean? And you, and you start to perfect it. And I think the perfection of that, the perfection of ex, of, of bringing to life and, and 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 explaining what's in your head to the viewer, when you perfect that is when you develop a style. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because not you're, you're 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 creating a pattern and a consistency of something that is only from your mind, so it's gonna have a style to it. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, same
1: way you that chair. Same same way you explain an elephant or a fire truck. It'll have a consistency to it because it's all coming from you.
0: Yeah, and the personality is is the only compass we have. Ultimately, everything. So that's why, no matter whether your story is good, traumatic, blissful, doesn't matter. It's you, and that's your that's what you put out into the world. And I think that's why you'll always find a consistent voice that runs through all the art forms. It's taken me, I'm 40 years old now, and it's taken me until the last few years to really start seeing that everything I do has that same voice in different mediums. And I love that. When I write fiction, there's a rawness to the to it that lives in my illustration. And then the way that I talk on this podcast, if I tried to polish it and be like a, you know, a more clinical radio presenter, it would fall apart because that's not me. And there's something beautiful about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And I think now with, with with social media and all that, everybody sees so many things constantly, right? Now it's about style, right? Now, and style is actually more important now. You know what I mean? That through line, you know what I mean? Because people are used to the Kanye West and the Tyler Creators, like we said, these people who communicate in multiple different forms. They're used to it now. So now they look for that through line. You know what I mean? You got like, I I saw Kendrick Lamar did the set design for Chanel's fashion show. Like what? You know what I mean? But, but I'm sure there's a through line, you know what I mean? And, and, and if this is something bro really is passionate about, you'll, you'll eventually be able to connect it back to his music, you know?
0: Yeah. I think it's amazing. And, um, there was one other thing I wanted to ask you about, and I thought it's another thing you said that I thought was, um, quite profound and it was about the way we don't celebrate loss and you said the way you said you said that we tend to we tend to glorify receiving things but not the things we lose and i think it, in the interview you said this you were speaking of a personal loss and coming back to dc um but how those moments in our lives they open up these other things and we you know I, i'm i a big advocate for that because sometimes you have to let a few things go to see with clarity what might be next
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah man i had to get i had to get really uh acquainted with that at a certain point in my life man uh, and, and it was actually when the flowers came like that was that was the same time you're talking about is that uh i was losing a, a lot at once and i was far away from home i was living in miami and um it was kind of catching me off guard and it kind of Stop my world in Miami was being stopped by the loss I was having in D.C., and it was just hard to really understand that. You know what I mean? Hard to understand, like, why I can't push through, why I can't... You just identify with the day-to-day, you know, you know it's bright, it's sunny, palm trees, whatever, you know what I mean? I can go to the beach. I try to go to the beach. I try to do all types of things. Take my mind off of this stuff, and um, it just wasn't happening. You know what I mean? So I had to kind of, you know, just let go you know what I mean let go of trying to control all that trying to control how I felt try to control how I would react try to like stop micromanaging you know what I mean like um I was so I was so hell-bent on finishing this project that I'm like yo but this project this will be the thing that helps me with it and all that you know what I mean but I had to let go you know what I mean and um and it's just that's where the flowers came from, and now look, you know what I mean? And, like, like they've become a lifesaver, a life changer, I will say that for sure. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I've, I've, I, I, the flowers alone have given me a, a career, you know what I mean? It's like, on their own, you know what I mean? Independently of anything else I've done, you know what I mean? Um, the Flowers have been a career on their own. So, so, and it, that's just something like that, like, that comes from love. You know what I mean? And um I don't think if I fought it, right? I would have never if I fought it, if I if I if I really wouldn't have, have leaned into it, you know what I mean? Um I would've never it would've never happened. I was I was doing completely different artwork at the time. Again, that, that was my first time ever making anything abstract was this piece. When you look at this piece, you won't think it's abstract, but it was. You know what I mean? Like, like, um, I had no plans on drawing a ape, a red ape, with a sword in his hand, with flowers coming out the sword, riding a dragon, holding koi fish. I had no clue what that painting meant at the time. I still don't. You know what I mean? I learned it in segments, right? Um, but but one thing that I know when I look at it, I'm like, okay, the red ape that was like anger. You know what I mean? Like I was angry. Um, the sword still anger right action but flowers coming out of it was like maybe it's like a piece there i don't know you know what i mean then he's holding koi fish in the other hand almost like a weapon but you know like and that's karma you know that's all types of things that represents a, a certain type of piece there too and then he's riding a dragon which i didn't know at the time that you know and i think japanese mythology the koi fish turned into the dragon I didn't know that relationship. I had no clue. You know what I mean? Um. Hmm. So, no, I think, you know, I, I, I had zero clue, bro. Zero. <laughs> you know? And um, okay. people, that's what I tell people. I don't know what they mean. What do you think? And usually I learn something from what people tell me, you know? So, it's just one of those things where, like, again, the circumstances I was born into, growing into, I had to be okay with loss early. Hmm. Like very early, you know? And um and and through that early on I still didn't lose a lot of people to be honest with you. I just was always prepared to, you know? Mm. Which which is rough in its own own right. But um it got it it gets to a point when when it actually starts to happen a lot, you know, when I'm when I'm a young adult figuring out art, start happening at a rapid pace. And I wasn't able to see a lot of these people one last time. I wasn't prepared for it. I wasn't didn't get to say goodbye. I was on a journey, bro, as an artist, fully embracing it. You know what I mean? Not even realizing, yo, I haven't been home in years. You know what I mean? Like, um, and it's just one of those things where I think that, especially as an artist, you can't really run from these type of feelings. You know what I mean? You can't really, you can't really run, you can't try to micromanage. You know what I mean? Um, how you react, mm-hmm. and 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 so you you gotta just let go. You know what I mean? Is is I learned a lot about attachment and things like that. You know, around that time, and and just also like, this is a thing I learned at the time about 50-50, Right, like when, when you're in that type of scenario, you most likely think a lot negative. You think a lot about loss, so you think about more loss, and and. And like that, or like, or what could have been, and things like this, like yo, what if this person was still around? What if this? What if that? But just as likely as something negative is to happen, it's just as likely something good that you couldn't have expected to happen. You know what I mean? And that's like it's literally 50-50, but you're only thinking about this, you know what I mean? So you're almost making that 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 percentage higher, you know what I mean? Because you're almost. Surrounding yourself with those those situations and opportunities for more negative to happen. But really, in fi- five minutes from now, we m- neither one of us know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Why do we always assume it got to be negative? If we're trying to predict it, you know what I mean? Like, also, somebody could just walk in and just give you a million dollars randomly. It's, yeah. This could happen. <laughs> just, just as likely as, I don't know, a fucking... Airplane crashed into your house. You know what I mean? Like, like, he's just as likely. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, 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 who knows? Nobody knows. Why do we assume it's negative? You know what I mean? And so, so I think I had to learn at that time, like, yo, you got to just, just let go of of trying to predict and understand and, and, and because you don't know. And it can be great. It can be amazing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just as, just as likely as it being bad. So there's no reason to focus on on the sad negative part of everything. You know what I mean? Um or no no no, sad is fine. But the fearful part is strange. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like Yeah, yeah, f- the fearful part is strange because your fear is always about something that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Sad is different. that's you can't be fearful of someone you already lost. That already happened. You yeah. can be sad, you know what I mean? But to be fearful is just to kind of like Surrender that whatever happens next is likely negative. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. so, so I had to learn about that, man. And, 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 um, that was when I first started doing the flowers, it was the same time, man. That was a journey that took me home. I, I did an art tour to kind of raise funds. There are art shows in North Carolina. And that's actually when I did the mural for Junior, was on that journey. Now I think about it. You know what I mean? Which wow. those flowers actually helped a lot of people in that situation. Um, I forget that that was the same time, but it was cause I had gone to North Carolina then New York. I was working my way to get back to DC and, um, the New York stop ended up being a longer stop than expected because of that junior mural. And yeah, it's just one of those things where I guess I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even realize this. I had gone through that loss and then I helped other people go through the loss right after that with the mural. It helped a lot of people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, feel better. And just the, 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 friends getting to enjoy painting it. We're talking about we having fun, you know what I mean? Um for weeks. You know what I mean? And and when I asked them like, yo, can you put your fingerprint on it, the shock of like, yo, they get to be a part of that. They didn't expect mm-hmm. it. So yeah, you know, I guess yeah I guess I guess just you gotta lean into life is going to take you where it's gonna take you, man. You yeah. know what I mean? that's the and thing lie.
0: there's a there's a doc, documentary called Stutz on netflix and he's a psychotherapist and, and one of the things that he says is that in life there are three constants pain uncertainty and constant work and you have to embrace and accept that right? because if you don't you're in for a rough ride because they're there they're happening you know yeah. and um but what's be, what's what I what i find really wonderful there about what you said about particularly about the flowers as an icon because to to the naked eye you know That's a flower, So that's a drawing of a flower, a stylistic drawing. However, when you hear that life story, your life story, the the circumstances, the lives around yours that have influenced those feelings, all of that is poured into those flowers. And I believe that that comes out back out of those flowers to the viewer. They might not know it. This might be on some spiritual subconscious level, but I certainly believe that that energy and all that life story resonates from those flowers. You know, and somebody else might contest that. They might argue it. They might see it different. But I feel that. I've seen it time and time again in people's artwork. And that's what sets it apart.
1: No doubt. No, I've heard that. I've heard that when there was there was one mural I did of a dragon spitting flowers. And um, one guy said, he came and he said, that's love. Right? And this girl came one day and she said, that's pain right and so one day they were around at the same time so i had them debate it you know (laughs) what i mean like (laughs) yeah because to me is there's i learned from both of those answers you both of them sounded right to me you know what i mean so i think you're right um people when she said it was pain though i was like wow like what made you say that like because it does come from that region. um and she said because they they, even though they were flowers they, they were coming out like violently like like flames, you know, mm-hmm. and and um, so yeah, you know, I, I agree. Like, people people definitely catch it, and I think it's where I'm at too. At the time, I think maybe how I'm expressing them now, you may not see the pain, yeah. um, baby, be, be, because of I'm in a different place, you know what I mean? Like, um, and and yeah, yeah, it's interesting, like that, yeah. Nobody's wrong, bro. No, the view is never wrong. Well,
0: I, I think I've covered just about you know, I have that's been a magic chat, and thank you very much. I've loved that. <laughs>
1: No doubt, man. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And uh, and where can people stay up to date with your work?
1: Uh best place is Instagram. And that's just Chris Pirate with a Y. P Y R A T E. Okay. Look, man, it was a pleasure, man. I appreciate it. I like the angle of the interview. Very yep. different.
0: Big, big thank you to Chris Pirate for taking the time to come and talk midweek in the midst of a busy schedule which I could probably say for all of my guests because we're all busy little artists and psychologists and neuroscientists, aren't we? (laughs) I love that conversation. I love the stuff about his travel to New Mexico and uh, Los Angeles and uh, the introspection of where he grew up and uh, that kind of hope that there's more of a scene and a recognition of the creative talent and I want to hear that from more of you. You know, be proud of those little local bubbles and scenes because there's talent in every corner and I wish we had. It's why I'm doing this, is to try and unify that and to try and find a common voice where people can understand and embrace his creativity, you know. Anyway, the book is coming March 28th. Keep an eye out for that. Bentallenwriter.com. it will be on my social channels. Not on for pre-order yet. You Kickstarter backers will be getting yours first. I'm hoping end of Feb realistically possibly first week of march we will see i will let you all know on the messages through kickstarter big thank you again for that also an even bigger thank you to the founding sponsor of the show illustration x you can check out their global range of illustration and animation portfolios now illustrationx.com review rate subscribe please it's a really big help (laughs) thanks guys have a wicked week i'll chat to you all soon